blocks away, I got a visual on the apartment building. Can you upgrade this to a third alarm? This is the working part. We were unable to make that rescue. We're making a rescue now on the Alpha side. Welcome to another edition of Undercover Mental Health. Today's guest is Thomas Drybala. Thomas is a flow and mindful teacher. He's written a book that's coming out in March called Flow Up. And he is running around the world, 40,000 kilometers, starting in September of 2022. And it's going to take him a year and a half. He's stopping along the way at schools and universities to talk to kids about his mindful movement. It's about helping people battle anxiety and stress and getting into the flow state. He's an amazing person and he's raising awareness through UNICEF for poor kids and he's raising awareness for mental health by telling his story. Before I get to Thomas, I just want to recognize a couple of great nonprofits, headsupguys.org, womenshealth.gov forward slash mental health, two great nonprofits, resources and coping mechanisms to help you battle stress, anxiety, and depression. Check those two nonprofits out. Good morning, Thomas. I should have said good evening. You're in Warsaw, Poland. That's correct. It's 7 p.m. Good evening, and thank you very much for having me today on your podcast. Thomas is running and talking about his mindful movement from anxiety and stress to the flow state. He does this at 15 minutes at a time, and he controls his mind through this mindfulness practice that's super powerful. I teach people mainly based, the mindfulness based on running, but actually what I teach people can be applied to any sort of the movement, whether it's a, it's a sport or the movement such as like, I don't know, even drinking coffee, eating breakfast, taking shower, uh, lacing your shoes, etc. And um, I'm on a massive mission at current time. Um, uh, I'm going to run the circumference of the globe, 40,075 kilometers, nearly 25,000 uh, miles. I'm running through four continents and 27 countries. I will conduct over 400 events along the way of my running road, uh, talking with people about the mental health um, and about the traumas which we have in life and how those traumas affect us if we don't heal them, how they affect us for the rest of our lives. And um, uh, teaching people how to use um, mindfulness, in particular mindful movement, to create conditions to get into the state of flow and to which will help us also um, heal our uh, past traumas. I wrote the book. This journey started for me actually a few years ago. I have a Two big challenges behind me uh, passing uh, five making five million steps in 101 days and then running unsupported just with a backpack with a similar um, uh, approach i was running just from the university to university and speaking at the universities about the mindfulness and flow and i passed this way during the second challenge 11,000 uh, kilometers through asia then my third challenge was I started running two and a half thousand kilometers through uh, Scotland, um, England, Wales, and then finishing in uh, it in uh, Poland, which was actually the preparation for my big challenge. And I wrote the book, Flow Up, 
uh, get rid of anxiety, stress and overwhelm and unlock focus, creativity and joy, which basically is the guide how to use mindful movement to create conditions for, um, for flow. And yes, my journey started starting um, we, on the day when we record this uh, podcast, uh, it's exactly four weeks um, when I'm starting running 40,000 kilometers. How much will you run each day? Will you run the same amount each day or will it depend what country you're in? No, it's, a, it's divided on the stages. But, you know, my focus is mainly on the nearest 15 minutes and making two and a half thousand steps and passing two and a half kilometers. If I would think about, uh, oh gosh, I have a 40,000 kilometers in front of me and I'm going to run for 40 months, probably I will not get out of the bed so um, because the resistance will be too strong. So my focus is on the nearest 15 minutes and the entire challenge is divided on four stages. So the first stage is uh, North America. I'm running from New York down the country to Florida, then crossing the country through the Mexican border to San Diego and up to uh, Portland. And then I have a one month break and there is a uh, Asian part, uh, so through America, I'm running 10,000 kilometers, then through Asia, 11,000 kilometers. Then uh, the next part is uh, Arabian Peninsula, probably the most difficult part because of the heat. Um, this one is 6,000 kilometers, and the last part is Europe, which is uh, 13,000 kilometers, the longest one. And hopefully this will be somewhere around uh, March 2026 when I will finish the uh, entire challenge. Uh, but I have uh, two sons which lives in London, so they need to see, I cannot just go away for 40 months, they need to see um, those father. So we have uh, five um, breaks, school breaks in the uh, in United Kingdom. So I will see them actually every five weeks. So every five weeks I have a one week break to spend time with the family. And um, I'm running 300 kilometers weekly, and I'm running four times per week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is my day off for recovery, then Thursday, Friday, and weekend is my day off um, for recovery. So I'm running 75 kilometers a day. But as I said, for me, the most important is two and a half uh, kilometers, nearest 15 minutes. That is what is allowing me to get into the state of flow. And this is what is allowing me to manage such a big distances. Can we, as regular people, not, so, not, not someone trying to run around the world, but can we, as regular people, use that same theory for our life at 15 minutes? Absolutely. This is actually what I'm using for everything, what I'm, uh, what I'm doing throughout um, you know, my day and my entire life. I um, uh, created this system when I was running my first big challenge, making 5 million steps in 101 days. And you know, to make 5 million steps, uh, my, my most busiest day was to make 107,000 uh, steps a day. So you know, when you wake up in the morning and you think about passing a distance like this, you don't have really much motivation to get out of the bed. So um, then I divided this on a small chunks and um, it's a bit tricky at the beginning when you're trying to teach yourself, to teach your brain, to teach your mind 
that um, oh, you're going only for two and a half kilometers, for two and a half thousand steps for 15 minutes, because obviously your, man, your mind is resisting this information and is telling to yourself, no, 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 you want to run uh, you know, for seven or 10 hours. But then you're keeping repeating to yourself, no, my mind is uh, only two and a half kilometers, it's only 15 minutes, nearest 15 minutes. And then you will decide what we're going to do. I always treat my mind as a separate person next to me. Um, and um, I, I don't treat my mind as something which is between me. I treat my mind like it's something what I have to tell to him or her what we want to uh, do. And this is really helping me a lot to, um, with, with, a, with those big, huge goals and with uh, resistance which, which mind is creating. So um, I'm always dividing all my work on a small chunks, on a 15 minutes chunks. I did the same system when I was writing my book. I did the same system when I was preparing myself for this huge challenge, even to plan this huge challenge. You, when you're starting something new, you never know where to start and what to do uh, next. So if you divide this on a small manageable chunks, it's easy to it's easier much easier to approach it and it is very important if you do it that way because what i learned when i started practicing is the reward um, uh, chemicals which uh, uh, which makes us feel better feel stronger uh, feel rewarded and it's really important and this is helping me i don't need to i'm not waiting you know to be rewarded i'm not waiting um to pass 40,000 kilometers because actually every 15 minutes I achieved my goal and then every, another 15 minutes and another 15 minutes I'm achieving my goal. So this is actually what I'm teaching people how to divide the day on a small manageable chunks and the chunks which will be uh, flow inducing um, so we can do our work wherever we do uh, with much more ease and which pleasure and be rewarded regularly. Dopamine is the reward, right? It's very important to us. How do you manage your dopamine? Mindfulness helping me with this a lot. I learned this when I was running those two first challenges and I learned actually mindfulness completely accidentally. I never been in touch with the mindfulness much. I mean, purposefully. When I was a little kid, I did have a few traumatic um, experiences, which I didn't know about them until the age almost 40. And I didn't know that how uh, dramatically those traumatic experiences um, affected me for most uh, of my life. I always felt um, really strong anxiety, stress and overwhelm. I often describe this like I felt that I have a clenched fist inside my stomach and this fist was holding me in the same place. I always ran my own uh, businesses since the age of 19. And the trouble was that um, wherever I started in life, I was growing really, really quickly and uh, getting to the certain level of success very quickly. And then something was happening that clenched fist inside my stomach was squeezing even harder and it was holding me even harder and I couldn't move forward. And often, or I would say even usually, I was starting going rapidly down um, and, and I couldn't move forward. Uh, it, at some point it got to the level when I was um, 
lying down on the floor and the anxiety was so strong that I wasn't able to respond to phone, to text message, um, because uh, my anxiety just didn't allow me to, uh, to do it. And then when I started running, uh, at some point, um, I was afraid of the snakes because you know I'm uh, originally from Poland. I was living in UK for 21 years, so we don't have um, many snakes in the, in London and in my place when I was born. So you know, and when I was running in Asia through all these jungles, small roads, villages, um, I was just running with my backpack, and sometimes I was on my own for a few hours, and no one was even passing me. So it was kind of the life and death situation for me because if the snake will bite me, that, that's the dangerous snake, I may not get help uh, on time. And because of my anxiety, stresses, overwhelms, I was always dwelling on the past, worrying about the future. I was rarely in the present moment awareness. So, you know, I did have to focus on what is in front of me, of what is happening. I couldn't, you know, worry about the wrestles any longer. I couldn't dwell on the past any longer. And I started really focusing on when I'm putting my feet. And at some point I started running like crazy distances, passing 70, 80, 90 kilometers a day. And it was like first week, second week. And not only this, I was um, able, because I was running with a backpack and I did have a, a, a laptop inside my backpack. And later I did need to do my work. And I was able to open my laptop and just work for a few hours, again, fully focused on the task at hand. So it was something what I experienced for the first time in my life. And I started wondering uh, what it is, how, how uh, you know, it happens that I feel uh, that I'm passing all these distances so much effortless. And then I can work again for a few hours effortlessly in front of my laptop. I started reading about this and I discovered that I'm getting into the state of flow. And when I discovered this, I just become curious how this is happening. So I learned that I'm actually practicing mindful movement because I was paying attention to how I'm moving my body and where I'm putting my feet. And you know, when then when I discovered this and when I started practicing, practicing it purposefully, the crazy things started happening in my life because I become conscious of um, every step of every move of every thought of uh, every sensation in my body of course it, it didn't happen from one day to another it took time and practice but i become conscious so you know answering to your question is um, that this is how i'm managing um, how i'm regulating my uh, dopamine of course we can get the dopamine from many different um uh, you know, we can um we can trigger the dopamine from many different uh, sources and some of those sources are not the healthy sources but if we become conscious of our thoughts feelings emotions body sensations uh, we can regulate this we can decide from where we want to get this dopamine and you know um, i i tried uh, you know when i was younger i i, I sometimes i drink alcohol to um feel better and to uh, get relaxed after the work um, and, and you know lots of different things and all of this is uh, helping us releasing dopamine but if you become conscious you can decide um, what you want to use to get this you know, drop of the dopamine.
I speak openly about depression and anxiety, but many years ago, my anxiety turned into panic attacks. It was crippling for me. Only my wife watched me go through it. It was very tough on her. But what's interesting, a very good friend of mine passed away just a few weeks ago. Suddenly, I'm on no medications. Anxiety doesn't play a part in my life at all, not for many, many years. But after my friend passed away, the night I went to bed, I woke up at about three in the morning with a panic attack, a big one. And I have not had one for years. And what I said to myself at that time is, I know why this panic attack has come. I understand why it's here. And the next night I had a little one as well. And I told myself, it's okay. I'm having an anxiety attack. I know why I'm having one. I can manage this. And you know what, Thomas? Mindfulness involves learning to accept distressing thoughts. I spent the last five years, uh, I applied to get into a master's program. I started taking clinical counseling courses. I did all that to learn about myself, not because I want to be a clinical counselor. Those things, those panic attacks, those thoughts I was having, I wanted to learn what makes me tick? What are my factory settings? And I learn a lot about dopamine. So I find it fascinating that you know, you're able to manage your life at 15 minutes at a time. And I, I read an article in the Glasgow Times about you. And it was interesting, like you just live your life in a way where you might not even have a place to stay and people will invite you to their house. They'll give you food and you live your life in a way that we should all try, maybe only for a couple of days, but we don't. We we want faster cars and bigger houses and we get anxiety and stress along with that because we don't take the time to go into the forest and just be in the moment, be in the time, be in the mindfulness. And I think you, you can extend your life by many, many years if you can understand and, and get into a point where you're in the now, like right now, not five years in the future and not five years in the past, but right now. And I think what you're doing is very, very interesting. And I like that you stop and speak to people in universities. I think it's very powerful because I think change comes from high schools and university. And I think when they hear someone like you, they start researching it and looking into it. And it's all about finding out what makes us tick, but I love what you do. And I also love that you promote UNICEF. I love that that organization, if people don't know what UNICEF is, a global organization, they raise funds to help the poorest people on the planet. For six bucks, you can help 2,000 people get drinking water. For 20 bucks, you can educate 50 kids. And for 30 bucks, they can put a shelter over someone's house. Think about that for a second. That's how important this organization is. And you bring a lot of awareness to UNICEF. I think it's awesome what you're doing. I really love what you're doing. Absolutely. We, we will be fundraising for, um, for UNICEF throughout my entire journey for the next um, 40 months at least. Uh, we want to raise funds for kids in Ukraine, for kids in Venezuela, for kids in uh, uh, Yemen and Philippines. And um, the, the, how I get actually to, to, to work with the UNICEF and to, to support UNICEF is when Again, when I was uh, during my when I was running during my first challenge that making five million steps, I um, at some stage I was running through Philippines, and I when I landed in Manila, I started running um, through you know small uh, places, um, and I was and I was uh, terrified how kids live there. The naked kids running, you know, on the street. I always had some um, snacks in my backpack when I was running, and when I stand 
when I stop to take a little break, few minutes break and to eat some snacks, you know, within a second, I did have like a, I don't know, 20, 30 kids around me uh, begging for some food. And, you know, the realization that maybe this is those only food which, which they have throughout the day, because I seen them sweeping out, um, you know, below the bridge. I seen them looking for food um, in a rubbish bins. Um, and it was terrifying. It was terrible. And to be honest, I escaped from Manila. It was so hard for me mentally that I escaped from Manila uh, because of this. I got a boat and I uh, swam to a tourist place uh, when I, where I haven't seen this. But I felt really bad that I escaped this. And I promised to myself back then in 2019 that I would do everything what is in my power and I will come back here and I will help, try to help at least to some of the kids. So this is what I'm doing now. I, you know, I'm more lucky than those kids. Um, I'm able to run throughout the world to raise awareness and I hope a lot of people will join me. I create the action runners for UNICEF. We will have small challenges and anyone around the globe can just join me virtually run with me virtually, donate a few pounds wherever they can virtually directly to UNICEF and then share this with another people. So hopefully another people will, will join us. Uh, there is a 612 million runners around the globe. If you know, even 10% of us will run for UNICEF, we can make a lot of great things for those kids around the globe. So um, at, at current time, we are planning to raise the funds for four areas, including Filipinas. We are supporting education and child uh, protection. Uh, but you know, UNICEF is responding to the places of crisis. I'm sure you work a lot uh, in the places where, where UNICEF is working. So if something will happen um, you know, during that time when I'm running, maybe we will raise funds for another um, uh, but uh, yes, I, I hope we'll bring a lot of help uh, to UNICEF. So what will you eat on this run? So do you have a diet that's set out? Is diet important for, for what you're trying to do? I, it is, but uh, you know, it's a lot of people asking me about this, but um, it's a bit tricky uh, because you know, my previous two challenges, actually three challenges, because also this one, which I did in the uh, in United Kingdom in Scotland, um, I was just running with a pack, backpack uh, without any support. So I'm actually counting on a foot which I have along, along, which I find along the way. Sometimes it's really tricky because the distance between the shops is even like 100 kilometers and sometimes I'm not passing this distance. And what you said, <laughs> what you read in a, in a newspaper, it was the truth that, you know, I was just, sometimes I have to just knock to the doors and ask for water and I'm saying what I'm doing and I'm asking people for food. <laughs> And sometimes even though I'm asking people if they can, if I can stay with them overnight because it's already evening and I still didn't know I have already passed, you know, 50, 60, 70 kilometers, I cannot run any longer, but there is nothing uh, open along the way. And um, no one ever refused to me. Uh, always people helped me and it's absolutely amazing. And I did have a, so much beautiful time with the families sitting in a dining table, talking about the adventures, about the lives which they have in this area. 
I, you know, sharing a food with them. I actually, when I was running through Scotland, I actually gained a few kilos because people were so much generous. And, you know, when you're sitting in front and they're putting you more and more food, you cannot refuse to them. You cannot say you, you, you will not eat it. But yeah, the food is a bit tricky. I'm trying to eat as much healthy as I can. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm counting the calories and all the other nutritions. So, you know, one day is not enough. The other day is more than enough. And I'm trying to balance in this. I'm um, eating some, you know, I'm carrying with me some powder nutrition and mixing this with water, with milk. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. So far, it's so good. Sometimes I'm burning even like eight, 9,000 calories on some of the days. But um, I'm, I'm healthy. It's manageable. If you have an injury, what is your resources for, like, do you have a trainer that's going to come with you or do you have a support vehicle that will follow you? Uh, yes, you know, I'm starting in, a, this challenge is, a, is bigger because there's a lot of big organizations involved in this challenge, um, some sponsors, partners. Um, I created a lot of tools which helping me to um, um, sell my services and to finance uh, the, the entire journey. So I will have the support cars and support team with me. Um, we will have the production team with, with, with me. So we will show the entire um, journey. Uh, we want to create uh, four documentary movies from all four uh, stages. So it will be like four seasons of the documentary uh, movies. We want to really raise awareness about the mental health, about to break the stigma which is behind the talking about the mental health to help people be more open. Um, I want to tell my stories as much as I can. We plan over 400 events along the way of my running road. Um, I, we plan over 450 podcast interviews. Uh, so we really, it's a really intensive uh, campaign. So I have the entire team supporting me this time. I'm starting running on my own. Um, and we will see in about month, month, month and a half, maybe maximum two months time, I will have the entire team uh, supporting me along the way. So hopefully I will not run any, any longer with my big backpack <laughs> uh, and it will be much, uh, much easier. But, you know, the injuries will happen. Um, and um, you know, when you prepare yourself for the journey like this, you have to just accept it. Um, I allowed a lot of time in between the stages, um, a lot of breaks. So, um, you know, during, throughout the week, I'm running four days, I have three days um, off. During those three days, I will be actually talking a lot with people running all the events, but then I, I'm not running, so my body can uh, rest uh, and I can re recover. Um, but we will see, that's why I'm saying that uh, hopefully I will pass the distance by the end of, by the mi uh, March 2026. Um, but <laughs> we will see how it will be. I'm, I'm, I'm fine, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm not uh, waiting to be rewarded uh, when I finish the entire challenge. Um, I, I'm going to be rewarded every single day many times. Uh, that's how we plan the entire journey. So if it takes longer, it will take a bit longer. How old are your kids? Um, my younger son is 10 at this moment, and my older son is 17. 
but the little one, I mean, I call him little one, he's not so little uh, any longer, 10 years old, he engaged a lot with me, he practiced mindfulness with me, we uh, challenge, our, challenge ourselves, um, we have a record to walk 19 kilometers in one day, um, he meditated with me, he practiced gratefulness with me, uh, he's, he, last time I'm actually, uh, at current time I'm in my play in a city when I was born and he was staying with me here for two weeks and I did have a public speaking in, in the city and he was really listening very carefully so he's really engaging with me and he's looking forward for me to start running this challenge and that they both would join me actually along the way and uh, we'll spend some time in a lot of places around the globe. Not many people have dads that are running around the world, so they must be very <laughs> proud of you. Yeah, I hope so, yes. <laughs> That's what they say, but we will see. <laughs> I'm running with a very simple message, which is which I say that I believe that each of us should have the same chance to build the life we are proud to live, regardless of our past experiences. And this is my message. Whatever happened in our lives, we can heal from it. We can move on. Um, we can be whoever we want to be, we can achieve whatever we want to achieve, and we can learn whatever we want to learn in life. And uh, if we struggle with mental health, if we struggle on with anxieties, panic attacks, um, stresses, we can overcome this. We can use mindfulness, um, sport, uh, movement to learn how to gain back this um, stability and uh, come back strongly on our both uh, feet. And this is my message to all people. I'm the living example that uh, the hard time, if we want it to pass, it will pass and we will lift up and grow. It's a very good message. And I think um, for kids especially, when you have someone like yourself out there running with such a positive attitude and you talk about struggling and, and getting through traumatic events, it makes people that are struggling feel not alone. And I think that's the, important, the importance of this podcast as we keep the conversation going. The guests that come on this podcast usually tell a story and it helps one of the listeners be better. That's the goal. Yeah. And so, and I know how hard it is to be openly honest. It's hard. Let me rephrase that. It was hard at the beginning for me. Yeah. But it's not hard anymore. The same for me. It was really, really hard. But, you know, mind learns by repetition. And if we keep doing it, it's just becoming easier and easier. Yeah, you feel stronger by helping others. Like the best way to fight sadness and, you know, depression is gratitude. You know, if you can be grateful and you can think about being grateful and, you know, visualize and, you start your day that way, it's very hard to be sad. It just, it definitely blocks out the sadness. Not perfectly, but if you learn it, I'm reprogramming my mind. And then I ask myself, why is that bothering me? I self-examine and, you know, like that anxiety attack I told you about, I know why it came. I'm going to miss my friend. What's life going to be like without him? I'm anxious about that. But I, once I realized that and I accepted it, I'm not afraid of it because I've had it before. It went away. It's when you don't know why you're having it. It's, and when you're fearful of it, you almost create it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what you said? I'm, um, I'm teaching people about the pain, how to deal mindfully with the pain. And 
this is actually about the physical pain, but we can uh, convert this to any sort of the pain, to emotional pain. So, you know, I teach people based um, uh, on running. And I always say to people that if you run and you feel the pain, for example, in your knee, the first stage is to acknowledge that you feel the pain and you say, I feel, and just say to yourself, I feel the pain in my left knee. Then to accept it, okay, I'm running 10 kilometers. It's absolutely normal that I may feel the pain in my left knee and then make a choice. Um, it's my choice to run. Um, I decided to get out of the home and it's my choice now to keep running. And usually when you accept the pain, when you acknowledge the pain and you accept the pain, the pain just simply disappears because uh, you don't create the resistance uh, any longer. Um, and then I teach people how to rewrite those mind, minds using pain, how to rewrite those minds for looking for positive patterns using the pain. So each time when you feel the pain, um, assign the trigger to this pain. So each time when you feel it, uh, find three simple things from the day, from this day, which you are grateful for. So for example, I'm saying, when I feel the physical pain, for example, I'm saying, I feel the pain and I'm grateful for being able to pass those already five or 10 kilometers. I'm grateful for uh, seeing that beautiful tree in front of me. I'm grateful that I did have a good um, foot uh, this morning. And then when you keep running and you feel pain again, just do it again and again. And what is actually happening is that you're writing your mind, you're writing the script that your mind is looking for the positive patterns in life instead of looking for the negative patterns. And this is working perfectly for me when I'm running all those crazy distances. So you can imagine if I pass um, like 11,000 kilometers, I already pass actually over 25,000 kilometers when I'm preparing myself for this big challenge. So if I'm able to pass 25,000 kilometers using those tools, then anyone can actually use them in a daily life, uh, even if someone is just going for a run for five or 10 kilometers or whatever people do throughout the day. Because we have to realize that all the pain begins in our mind. So if we accept it in our mind, if we acknowledge it in our mind, and if we change the script in our mind, um, we can actually uh, mindfully manage the pain. Of course, it's not in all cases. Sometimes the pain persists and it may, um, uh, it may be the injury pain and then we have to visit the, the, the doctor. But you know, in most cases, if we accept it, acknowledge it and rewrite this, it, it's really actually working. I think what you're doing is amazing. I'm excited to follow you. Really honored to meet you. Uh, it's too bad you're not coming to Canada. I would join your support team, but uh, if you change your mind, you let me know. It's a big <laughs> country, right? Freaking cold up and hilly. It'd be a tough, tough place to run across. But in four weeks from now, you will be starting to run around the world. Thomas, how will people find you and how can they follow you? You know, you can find me on all the social media. Um, I'm the most active on Instagram, but actually all my social media will be very active when I will start um, running. We will have the um, um, map on my website, so 
and people actually can join me even for a run um, along the way. Um, so um, watch me on social media. I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to thank you what you're doing for people when it comes to breaking the stigma around mental health. But I also want to thank you as a leader. People need good leaders. And I think by you visiting schools and universities, I think you are in a place where you can actually make a change. And as the Dalai Lama always said, you know, if you want to change the world, you start in the small places with the listening minds and that's what you're doing. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for raising funds and awareness for UNICEF and helping all those poor kids. Thank you very much for having me today. And it was absolute pleasure to talk with you. All the best to you and your family. Stay safe. Thank you very much. That wraps up another edition of Undercover Mental Health. Thanks so much for listening. Take care.